everybody, it's Olivia. I am doing an insight on the side today with my brother, Dalen. Hey, what's up everyone? And we are going to talk about the black business bias. What is it? Who has it? And what can we do about it? This conversation that we're about to have sort of stems off of a convo that Dalen and I were having, and we were talking about Black businesses, how they're run, how they're allowed to operate, and just all that that, that entails. And he had some really amazing points, so much so that I was like, I wish I was recording this conversation because this would probably be one of our best episodes because he was just saying some amazing stuff. Black bias in the business world is definitely a thing. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this. When you and I speak, we talk so open, so freely with each other. And it's going to be great for other people to be able to get that insight. And also, this is opinion. You know, everyone has one. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. Right. Still not going to change what I think or what exactly. I feel. Um, you didn't agree with 100% of what I said, you know, and especially initially. And then as I broke the conversation down, you're like, oh, fuck. You made a good point. You're right. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Thank you for giving me your time. One of the things that really stood out to me when we were talking is because you were mentioning about how, you know, where entrepreneurship begins. I know that originally, like, we think about like kids selling candy and stuff. You know, you remember when your mom used to get, you used to bring those flyers home to your mom oh and you're like, God, yes. this is what I want. Blah, blah. So your mom would take your candy bars to work and try to make all of her coworkers buy them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except for she eats half of the box exactly. on the way to work and promise that she's going to give the money back for it. And then you come up short and now you look crazy at school because your mom ain't eating money back. Or that just my mom. <laughs> mine too uh, oh, like okay. well, the one time i have five candy bars and i couldn't sell not a one of them bitches i ended up taking three back on monday <laughs> and uh, only because my mom and her husband ate two of them <laughs> yeah no i completely understand and like with me it was real hard to try to pin that on me with most kids parents can blame their kids for it and say like oh you ate the chocolate but everyone knows like I'm not a sweets fan, right? And I never have been. So when candy bars would just come up missing, for a fact, it wasn't me. And like my mom would still have like Reese's pieces on her mouth and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell was definitely you as she's opening another one? But a lot of times you would think that is where that journey to becoming an entrepreneur starts. And also as it should be looked at that. But when you take a step further, you think about it, it starts well before that for instance look at you guys right we have an aunt she used to have you guys go ahead and sing oh my god yeah that was my first job my very first job was my aunt tony would um get us to repeat scenes from the lion king i still know that movie front and back front and back i mean i can't put that on my resume (laughs) but that was my first job and like you realized early on, it's transactional. I'm making this person sure. laugh, and because I'm making this person laugh, they're giving me money. You're like, ooh, this sparks a flame, right? Yeah. And it can look like so many different things. It can be your mom eating the candy and then giving you the money for it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Or it could look like you were telling me about the kids 
who get packs of water from Sam's Club and then they'll go and sell it on the corner oh, yeah. during the summertime. For sure. But some of those, a kid going door to door, people are like, maybe yay or nay, I will or won't buy it. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about how the kids, especially the black kids who are, you know, selling waters in the street during summer, they get moved along by the cops and get told that that's illegal. Whereas their white counterparts selling lemonade and collecting cancer money or whatever. They, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Because we don't know. <laughs> I could go hold up a sign saying I'm collecting money for cancer. But who knows? You're not following me back to yeah. wherever I'm going and sure. watching me deposit this money or do whatever you do with it. And just the bias of how like if black kids are seen in the street, they must be up to no good. Whereas the white kids, not so much. And that They're can- entrepreneurs. They're yeah. Great. I express to you that when the white kids are doing it, they are entrepreneurs. When black kids are doing it, it was an issue. I was a part of that problem. I live currently in an area that is going through the process of gentrification. I hate gentrification. (laughs) Yeah. The area is predominantly black, which I love, which I've also grown and matured and grown to love. Mm -hmm. But in the summertime, yeah, there are kids that are at the stoplights of a very busy intersection where they're selling waters, where they are selling, who knows, for how we know, those packs of candy, you know, um, for school. Because also it's the springtime. It's not just summer Mm -hmm. um, that they're doing this. So fall as well. It's whenever. But I've been a part of that where I've seen kids in the middle of the street trying to sell and become entrepreneurs or whatever reason that they are doing it, where I've said to myself, like, oh my gosh, this is an issue. They're a nuisance, you know? Uh, Like I told you before, get your black ass out the street. But then I also come from where we previously lived, which is a predominantly white area. Mm -hmm. And the same exact thing happens and no one bats an eyelash at it. No, everybody's like, oh, look at the kids. And you were even telling me that when the white kids are out there collecting their cancer money and whatnot, you got the cops coming through and donating and stuff Bring like them that. Coffee, Bring, right. When it's the black kids, they're on the fucking loud, loudspeaker, loudspeaker. their intercom, yeah. saying, get out the street, or this is illegal, or, you know, flashing their lights, or even making that sound. Cop cars make the. Ah. They even do that. It's degrading. It's Mm -hmm. embarrassing. And also, it's discouraging. It's discouraging to our black and brown kids to say that what we're doing is wrong. Right. But when we go to those predominantly white areas, again, that's viewed as kids making making their own way. And, and, oh, I am self-made. I started selling waters when I was nine years old. But no one is making them feel ostracized for doing so. Exactly. I mean, there was a story. It was within the last five years. And this woman called the cops on this little black girl who was selling water. That's it. Yeah. She wasn't doing nothing but selling water. Yeah. It ended up making the news because it was like, why the hell did you call the cops? And then cops, what the fuck? Like, why did you guys feel the need to actually remove this little girl? She was like nine. When you were saying, like, it can dampen the entrepreneurial spirit so that right now it's 
get out of the street, get out of the street until later they take that energy that they could have been mowing lawns or selling waters or whatever, washing cars, whatever. They could have been doing that and now they're up to no good. And then it's like, oh, well, look at these terrible children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and Look what the streets have caused. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they were made by a product of their environment. No, it was the lack of support of their environment that brought them to the street life. It's those same exact officers that years later, because rarely do they lose their jobs, right? Right. Um, <laughs> that years later, they are also like, hey, you're a kid I told to get the black ass off the street when they're selling water years ago. Now you have a gun or you've done this or you've done that. It's that same exact Lack of support from exactly. the people that, one, are supposed to protect you. That's our officers. And then also just your community. So as I stated before, as I begin to grow and with that growth came maturity, it just changed my whole outlook, man. Because I'm like, one day I, I want to have children. And I want my kids to feel supported. I want them to know that these early fundamental stages of their life is exactly where that business sense come that business savvy it doesn't come when you're in college Mm-mm. it doesn't you're just refining it you're fine-tuning you're learning and growing you know and developing more but that has to be something that you really gather from childhood you know that work ethic and that yeah. passion for something yeah if it gets stomped all over when you're a kid then what do you do what is that teaching you for sure yeah i mean It's insane, literally, how it is absolutely set up for children in the inner city to be basically created to be these quote-unquote monsters that Mm -hmm. the police like to demonize. But literally, in the suburban areas, kids are doing the exact mirror of what they see, of what these other kids are doing. Yeah. But... They get praise for it. They get awards for it. They get, oh, well, there's our community leader. Mm-hmm. Our community leader. There you go. Really? Yep. Our community leader, however, in an inner city, the leader of a gang. Right. <laughs> right? Of a gang and racketeering and, you know, all the other stuff right. that comes with it. So right. it's sad because it comes not only from our officers, but furthermore, and I'm speaking from my personal experience and also contribution to that, that people within our community are a part of that problem. And I once was a part of that problem. It's the same thing as I was saying to you about kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I live in a predominantly black neighborhood. Right. And I take care of my lawn. You know, I go outside, I do lawn work, I cut my grass like I get my hair cut. You know, I, <laughs> I do the lineup, I edge it, I do everything. <laughs> and I did not like kids being in my yard. Right. But the kids that live in my neighborhood are black and brown kids. They already can't run in predominantly white neighborhoods. Hell, they really can't run anywhere. Right. And now where their families pay taxes, where they live, where they sleep, you also say, why well, can't run here? I have no room to stretch my legs. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, I have no room to stretch my legs. So yeah, I'm going to have a lot of pent up everything. Mm-hmm. Energy. Stress. Stress, aggression, everything, because... I have no outlet. Mm-hmm. So that even changed my perspective on that. Now I'm like, run. Mm-hmm. Run as fast as you can. Run as long as you like. Run in my... Gra- tear the... Do you need cleats? <laughs> <laughs> like, tear the 
fucking grass up. It's grass. It'll grow back. But Be a what, child. Right. But what you lose sense of over time after you keep hearing, no, that's wrong. That's bad. You're bad. You can't do that. You can't. You begin to lose your spirit. Mm-hmm. You begin to lose being a child. You begin to lose so many things that could have been positive. Right. You hear no and so much negativity so much that you have no clue what positivity looks like. And go. I didn't want to be a part of that any longer. I was like, mm-mm, nope, I'm out. And now I'm stepping in to something else and to make better and doing my part within my community. I always said that you can't change the entire world, but I feel like there's the entire world and then there is the controllable of what's going on in your world. Right. And now, also, I'm not as stressed out either. Like, no one cares about anything in my yard. I don't have to get on my doorbell speaker anymore. Like, get out of my goddamn yard! Like, like I don't... those old curmudgeon dudes. Definitely was that. Like, <laughs> the only thing I wasn't doing was sitting on my porch with, like, a lemonade and a gun, you know? Like, but I was definitely that person, Um, just in a more modern fashion. I was on my doorbell camera, like, get out of my goddamn yard, kids! <laughs> but now, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about it. And I love the fact of watching these kids run because I physically get to see their spirit get to run free. I love it. I love it. So we covered black and brown child entrepreneurship and like how that can be dampened. But let's talk about the adults. I really want to cover black ownership. I do think that's something that we as a community don't really focus on our, I think people are just now starting to wake up to. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody talks about Black Wall Street that was located in Greenwood, Oklahoma, back in 1920, 1921, when it was burned down by the white people. And people love to bring that up. One, it wasn't the only one. It was, I think it was Booker T. Washington or W.E.B. Du Bois. I can't remember which one gave it the name Black Wall Street. But there were several towns where Mm. black folks owned, they owned the land, they owned the businesses, and the white people did not like that. So they came through, made up some trumped up charge, and burned it to the ground, terrorized and murdered the citizens, and took out generations of black wealth. So what are your thoughts on black ownership and black businesses? Because you had some really good ones. So the reason why I tie black ownership within our culture and then also tying that back into black owned businesses because until we really can one stand behind each other and also get our I want to say credit but not credit from white people mm-hmm. like does that make sense it's so many things that people within our own community don't even know right like you and I were on the phone we were talking about how the first alarm system, not bars on a window because you live in Compton, like the first actual digital alarm system was created by a black man. I mean, homes within impoverished communities, they don't come standard with that or anything like that, but a white person can get it so easy, right, <laughs> you know, because right. they didn't stamp their name on it. It's like, right. this is our thing. Um, but to get back to what we were discussing is the fact that I woke up so upset because I wake up in the morning and get on my phone, check my email, check my text message, social media, and I'm scrolling and I am on um, the shade room. I see a post of some Gucci 
jelly slides pop up for $500. That's not the fucking ridiculous part. The ridiculous part is I'm looking at the image of this sandal. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, those are the sandals from the corner store, from the hair store. Yeah, I have some. That was sold for like $10, $15. And now they're $500? From the 90s and the 2000s. I mean, that is wild. That is so wild to me. And like you said, they did not change a thing about the shoes. Not a single. They didn't add no memory foam gel or nothing like that. Not a single thing about that sandal was different. And I got so upset. I was so offended for the fact that you can take something... That even if it was not necessarily for us, right? Let's say it wasn't even created by a black person or that it wasn't a sandal that was made directly for black women. Mm-hmm. Or girls. Or, right, or girls. Because, yes, my baby niece had like a pair of these things. Right. Like, but it was something that was definitely geared toward us. It was definitely something... That was advertised to us. It was something that was purchased and great by us. Right, and it was accessible because I don't know a person who did not have a pair of jelly sandals. Multiple pairs. Multiple. I mean, I, I only have one. You were saying like your sister, you were <laughs> saying Jazz had like one in the, every color of the rainbow, maybe two. Jazz was that girl. Like she literally had <laughs> like every color. She changed her hair color to purple, she was going to have some purple jellies on, you know? Exactly. If she decided to wear blue that day, she had blue jellies on. Everybody, it was just a thing that a lot of young black, I know, especially young black girls, probably uh, some brown girls as well, but definitely in the black community, and we were affluent. We were living, we were living hood adjacent, and we had people in the straight up hood, you know? And that's what was affordable. But now you tell me, 20-odd years later, Gucci is coming out with this shit saying, oh, look, here's some Gucci slides. We didn't even put the full word Gucci on the sandal. We just put two Gs on there. We put our two Gs on there and said, this is going to be a $500 sandal. And as I expressed to you, I know the head creator of Gucci probably has no clue what is going on mm-hmm. in the hood. <laughs> like Safe to say. Pro- yeah, more than likely probably do not have a clue. However, there should be people in the room that are aware. There are people in the room, or a person typically, right, in that field, a person, <laughs> in that room that look like you and I. May not necessarily think like you and I, but that's a whole... That's a whole nother discussion. (laughs) That's a whole nother discussion. But there is someone in that room that looks like you and I. That knows better. And that this shoe was still, one, able to be not even created. Literally duplicated. Like, this is not your creation. This isn't your design. Like, you literally stole something that someone else did. And that they made affordable to inner city black and brown people that was affordable for them to be able to wear and basically said, well, I'm going to make the shoe too. Fuck y'all. And I still want you to buy the shoe. That same exact people that bought the shoe there. You can't be in the same situation you were in 20 years ago. 
You know, so you would think, yeah. but some people are though. Some people manage it. Some people are, and you know, that's the hand that they were dealt. But Gucci is expecting not only the white people to buy them, but they are definitely watching to make sure that the black people are buying them because we are the influence. I don't care what no one say. You say, oh, it's up for debate, but let's look at history, okay? We are the cream of the crop, and it took me a while to realize that. It took me a while because I also suffered from white as white. I have said several times that I used to be a coon back in the day. Yeah, I was real coon-ish. Yeah, I was. You know, blackish, grownish, coonish. For sure. But again, with that growth, that maturity, and then the knowledge Mm -hmm. and also experience, I now know for what I have contributed to my community, my own personal tribe. Mm-hmm. I am a uncle, I'm a brother, I am a trendsetter, I am a great friend, I am it. And so many people want to create a version of that. So many people want to emulate that. Some people literally want to make a carbon copy of that. And that's what I keep seeing. That's what we keep seeing. And that's why... Black ownership, to me, is such a big deal because I feel like until we can own and be okay with saying, like, we the shit. We started this. Y'all would not have what you have without our contributions. If we can get to that point, then we would really be able to have more of these conversations. We'd really also be able to say about our business it's this price because I'm worth that much. And that is the one thing that really got to me. Because I remember I said something to the effect of, I do want to support black businesses. However, sometimes, you know, the pricing is ridiculous. And you said something that really resonated with me. You were like, you have to understand why the price is what it is. And I I said something along the lines of, I get, you know, you charge what you're worth, not what people can afford. And you said, but you got to take into account everything. And you said, even, yes, the bakery situation that you gave our um, analogy. To me, it was so powerful because it made me really stop and think like, wow. It was powerful because it's real. I was explaining here to you about black business and why that black business have to charge what they have to. You go to a bakery and you want a cake made. The cake is $250, right? And you're like, oh, $250. One, we have a problem within the black community. One, you don't feel that you should have to pay $250 for the cake, but you want to support a black business. And then when it's time to support that black business, you want the black discount. Man. You ain't never lied. I think it's crazy. Everybody become your brother and your sister <laughs> then. But I explained that about the fact that the cake is 250 You don't want to pay that much. And you also want a discount. So opposed to just saying, I'm going to support this black business, you take your business elsewhere. You, Or at least inquire about taking your business elsewhere. So you contact Susie. And she owns a bakery. And she's a white woman. And she says, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and make you literally the same cake. And I'll take $50 off. And you're thinking like, ah, see? And this is why I go to white business. But again, I told you you have to think of it deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Susie can afford to do that, yo. 
Susie probably has other businesses. She probably come from money. She probably has so many other things where she's like, this ain't even my full-time gig. But you couldn't support Reggie and his black business because his cake was $250. And this is all Reggie had. Let's take it even a step further than that. Right, Lev? Yes, let's get it. Susie has all these other streams of income and don't take baking that seriously. Susie and Reggie's bakery are literally in the same exact strip mall or same exact unit. I can just about guarantee you, even though their units are right next to each other, they have the same landlord, they have the same square footage, just about every single thing about these buildings are exact copy of each other because they love to copy us so much. But what is different? The contract. Okay. Susie, contract does not say what Reggie's black ass contract says. It just doesn't. And no one's there to hold the landlord accountable to say, hey, that's not fair. That's not right. He's going to do what he wants. This is his property. And we've seen it. They are going to shake hands, scratch each other's back. You help me help you. He walking out the building like, hey, Susie, tell Bob I said, hey. And the kids, they look wonderful. and He knows Susie. He just sat up here and gave Susie her place solely off of the fact that they have reported, got a relationship. He white, she white. Maybe him and Bob be going golfing together. And him and Bob be going golfing together, even though Bob is definitely cheating on Susie. <laughs> like, but he shakes Susie's hand and everything is fine. Everything about him says Susie is a great person. She's going to make all of her payments on time. Susie isn't going to miss. Uh, she's not going to be a second late. Reggie, on the other hand, he's shaking Reggie's hand and saying, great job, buddy. You got the deal. This place is yours. Shaking his hand, but also while he's shaking his hand, he's saying, your black ass better not miss one payment because the moment you do, you want to street. Because that's how they see us. Regardless of how what anyone want to say, oh, racism is not a thing, it's dead and blah, blah. Okay. Whoever told you that. It's definitely still very much apparent in today's day and age. Yep. Um, but that's why in black business, the price, unfortunately, has to be a little different than their white competitor. Because... The game is rigged differently for black businesses. We cannot afford to do the same exact thing as our white counterparts. One thing that really stood out was when you said, like, for Susie, she might not take this serious. This might be a side business. It might be a, a lifelong dream. She's girl boss and all that shit. But Reggie, this could be make or break. This is make or break this for is. Reggie. This is how he feeds his family. Like, I cannot afford to give you the black discount because me giving you that X off, I'm taking away from me pay, making sure I get my lease paid in full on time or being able to do something as simple as send my daughter or son to daycare. Holy hell, cost so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I just got shot in the stomach just thinking about how much it costs and I ain't even got children, <laughs> you know? But we cannot afford to have those same breaks. We never have been able to. And it's so disheartening because from one black person to another, you would think you know that. Or you would think that you've been through this in some form or fashion. Like, it may not be exactly this, but because you're looking just to get what you want and how it benefits you, you're not thinking, oh, wow, 
he could possibly dr- be drowning. Let me save him. Mm-hmm. At least don't A lifeline? Right. Something the hell. I'll take the candy lifesaver. If they ain't got no real ones on the boat, like, throw the candy lifesaver. Let me see if, you know, when they hit the water, it'll inflate. No, shut up. reverse <laughs> snorkel. Like, what the like fuck? something, you know? But it's really sad because that's how these contracts are written. That's how black business, because we don't have, like, we don't even have financial institutions the same way that white people have financial institutions. Like, we don't have that same exact, oh, well, we'll lend you, you know, this money or, but like, we don't have. I mean, did you see what the hell just happened to fucking Ryan Coogler? Yes. Like, even when a black man is, or a black person has the money, people still assuming, yes, I don't want to hear it, but it's like, oh, well, the, the person who called the cops on him was a black woman. Well, that just goes to show that she believed the fucking Kool-Aid. She didn't drink the fucking Kool-Aid and believes that a black man asking for a large sum of money is criminal intent. And like that's part coonish behavior. Th- yes, that's very coonish behavior because you're like, oh, there's no way. And no matter how you want to talk about how it went down, he said he's done that before and no cops ever got called. The, but the fact is, is would she have thought the same thing if he was a white person? No. But- the oldest bank, I did a Black Beauty highlight on the oldest Black bank that was started in, I think it was like 1903-4, mm. and it got bought out in 2008. There are Black banks, but they're, I would say probably, they're less than the For sure, well, I'm, and, I, and I know that, yeah. you know, I've been in banking for years. They're far few in between. And also because they are a black financial institution, even how the Federal Reserve look at them, they are not able to hand out the same SBA loans, small business loans as bigger white banks. The funding isn't there. The Federal Reserve also is looking at them like, mm, but you're black. But you're black. And then also, yeah, you may have been in, you may, this bank may have also been in business for 60, 70 years, black bank, but let's just say they get somebody in there that's new working at the Federal Reserve. Now they send up here checking, well, I really need to know how they got their money. The scrutiny is different. <laughs> like, it's, it's right, and it's there. So it's like, it wasn't an issue for me to shop with black businesses. It's also the same thing as banks. They are there. It's so difficult to find. I don't know who is in control of these search engines. <laughs> it's crazy. I think this way, and it's sad that I think this way, but also history has led me to think this way. I said, like, what's wrong with these search engines? I think it's something like, oh, white man. <laughs> that guy. Oh, God. That, oh, white guy would make the algorithm. Yes, like that sits in a room with three different keyboards in front of them. One is for Google, the other one's for Bing, and the other one is for Yahoo. And then if it was like some black, as soon as somebody typing something black, it like intercepts on his computer and he's like, mm-mm, Walmart. <laughs> Target. Like, no, I would like black Walmart, please. I heard Walmart. Like, and then at the bottom, I love at the bottom of search engines now, when you look up certain things, it will tell you when you're writing something in there specific, it will actually say what it's missing out of there. So if I type in like black Walmart, it will pull up Walmart, but if nothing reference something black on it, like black tiles, black this, mm-hmm. it will say missing black. Like oh, uh, it's the funniest thing ever. Oh, but it also narrows down your search. I'm like, don't need to click on that because I know that ain't there. But now I'm also thinking like, mm, maybe it's all employed. I should be clicking on that because black isn't missing, you know. But that's how I think. But that's how history has led me to think, and that's also how my life experience has led me to think as well. But 
I want to shop black. I want to be contributing more to black businesses because representation is real. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is wildly needed when you don't have much of it. Because even though I'm not that little boy in the street selling the water bottles and stuff like that, for me not to see as an adult representation of someone that looks like me owning a business, mentally it does tell you like, fuck, I ain't ever going to be able to do it. You know, really, really kind of hurt my soul. I think about it, even though he's going to be 21 this year. I remember when Rao was five. And he said he wanted to work at the cable company because they wore polos. I kind of remember this. And I thought, that's so sad because, I mean, the people around him who were doing job jobs, that was like the highest that he saw, you know? And he was like, oh, look, they get to dress in polos and jeans. And that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to see the the businessmen and no one was saying Hey, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be, you know, a business owner, whatever, whatever. It was just to work at the cable company because they got to wear polos. Yeah. But that does nothing but to reaffirm me that representation is real. Like, you know, what you see, what you visualize is what you visualize, what you see for yourself. It's like, oh, so that that's it? That's the peak? Because you don't you don't know anything else. Right. Um, until you see. That there's more out there. It's like the same thing for me before I moved here. You know, before I start coming up here with you guys like that for the summer. I lived in Youngstown. Poverty everywhere. Thank goodness I had enough sense to watch TV. And I was like, there's a such thing as a Mercedes. (laughs) I was a reader. I was like, everyone's not driving, you know, Coupe de Bills. Like, like, oh, wow, okay, that's cool. But then when I came up here and I got to see that with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. And then I also saw that, wait a minute. There's someone that looks like me driving one of those Mercedes I saw on TV. Oh, hell, I want one. Right. Like, (laughs) it can be done. Like, I can do it, too, because they did it and they look like me. Yeah, a thousand percent. And Mm -hmm. I try, as I get older, to take these experiences of my life and also being more involved within the Black community and understanding more about that as well to be not only a consumer but an active contributor Mm -hmm. in other forms to say like hey i want you to succeed because it is necessary it's not just a benefit to you it's literally for that how i'm referencing back to that kid that's in the middle of the street selling water it's to say to them like this is where you are now keep doing it Keep fighting, keep staying in the street, keep being an entrepreneur. This could be your end goal. This is it. Where you have your own water company and you have your own building and you're, you know, you're still your own boss. You don't have to work for someone else. And you definitely do not have to work for someone that doesn't have your best interest at heart or someone that doesn't understand you or that does not look like you or know your struggle. Because that makes a world of difference. It really does. I think within the black community as black people, ownership is so important because if we keep allowing everyone to claim things that are rightfully ours, 
what do we have now mm-hmm. that hasn't already been taken away from us? Mm-hmm. But if we keep allowing that to happen, then our black businesses do not succeed and they fold because we're not being contributors to that or we're allowing white businesses to buy them out or we're stopping or we're allowing the police to stop our young entrepreneurs from being in the street selling water, (laughs) but we're letting the white kids do it and we're setting them up for success. What will we have? Just like I told you, I said, I'm now at the point where if there is a black business that can do something for me that is accessible and... I may not necessarily be able to afford it at that time. I am not going to, one, cheapen myself or take away from a black business. I'm at the point mentally where I'm like, well, I won't eat it or I don't need it. And I'm not going to go to McDonald's to go buy that McDonald's because McDonald's can afford to have a dollar menu, but I can't take my black ass to McDonald's because they got a dollar fifty menu. But then my black guys just ain't eating no McDowell's that day. But I definitely ain't going to McDonald's either. Yeah. Because I need McDowell's to succeed. Like, I have to. Because at this point, if I don't, my black guy's going to be only able to work at places like McDonald's. Right. Because I'm never going to get from underneath the thumb of that. You're paying into your own future when you support black businesses. For sure. And you have to look at the value and to make it make sense to you. Look at that value of where you can get that from. If they may... Have a steeper price in that cake. It could be the conversation as you're ordering your cake. Like, oh my God, you had me cracking up. You are so funny. I love your personality, blah, blah, blah. Like that $50 you was going to take off to let Susie do your cake. You can now go ahead and just do the $250 with them because Susie ain't got no personality. goddamn Because remember, Susie ain't even really care to do cake. She ain't got no personality, but Reggie got personality. He has possessed. He has something... To him, and you can tell the passion that Reggie has to do cakes because Reggie got to have passion to do some cakes because he got to pay for that child to go to daycare. Damn it, why daycare is so expensive? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm paying Reggie for his skill, for his personality. I'm going to make the cost value of that in my head. I'm going to rationalize that to what I need to. And it's not always going to work out that we also have to be, you know, mindful and considerate of that. It's not always going to be that way. Right. Because unfortunately, sometimes we just got some ratchet shit going on in the black community, just like white people do. They just hide it better and they don't talk about it publicly. It's not always going to be that way in every business. But where you can, why not? Right. You, you do it with white people and they don't give you, they literally give you nothing. Do you want to support a black business? when it's convenient or do you want to support a black business yeah 100 percent. and i'm so sorry to get back on this thing with the with jellies but gucci is expecting people to go ahead and buy these jellies and they're expecting black girls to buy these jellies because again remember we have the power of influence I think I told you they said that black American buying power, if it were a country, it would be the 10th most richest country in the world on this whole planet. They don't want us, but they want our money. Yeah. What was your comment on that post? My comment on the Gucci post was that no black girl should buy these because they already owned a pair. And then I love, I don't know if I ever told you later that I was going through the comments and I was glad to see that there were so many 
black people, black young girls, black women in the comments saying like, Gucci, you crazy. And I got that from the hair store. It's about to be summer. You about to be able to buy those from the corner store for three ninety nine. I'm like, what corner store they go to? Because hello, I swear, <laughs> like, you can't I, even get a bag of chips for three ninety nine no more. Because I'm like, I swear, like even back then they was like ten or fifteen dollars. Like they were, they were. Like I called my sister to confirm, and she was like, yeah, they definitely were. <laughs> but I love to see that, and then also the women that you know are considerably famous now to say, oh, I had these back when. Let me go in my storage unit. <laughs> Exactly. And go pull a pair out. And I was like, right, but why can't we take that a step further and say, can we call whoever originally made these and say, can we get these back in production if you aren't making these? And then start distributing them back to the hair store. And black girls, why can't y'all go to the hair store and go buy them now? Because we already going to the hair store. You already going to the hair store. You already going to the corner store. Mm-hmm. So let's put the jellies back in the store. Let's go buy those for ten to fifteen dollars, or you know, I'm pretty sure the uh, the price point has changed. Twenty twenty five, something like that. <laughs> but it's not five hundred dollars. It's not, and that's also gonna step on Gucci's neck to be like, we don't need you in your five hundred goddamn dollar sandal that already belong to us, so we can get for once ten to fifteen dollars, which may not be twenty five. <laughs> like, why not do that? Because then you're all you're showing these companies you're showing these businesses one that are spending power or buying power right we can stop buying $500 sandals to buy these $25 pair of sandals that are literally the same thing why are you because they put two g's on there because if that is the goddamn case i'm putting these on some sandals tonight. <laughs> my name is Dalen, so i'm gonna put some d's on some sandals tonight and um you know, get a website going. I mean, I don't even need it for a website. All I had to do is put these bitches on Etsy or something like that, you know? That's all you need to do. Right. So, if, I mean, like, if that's if that's the game that we're going to play just because somebody put two capital Gs, thank God they were capital Gs and not lowercase Gs because then I would have went off on that. If we're doing that just because somebody put some Gs on some goddamn sandals or some sandals that you already owned in your life. And let's be honest. It did not cost them $500 to make it. Hell No. They hit that right on the head when they were selling them in the hair store way back when. Mm-hmm. They probably ain't even really make a profit off them sandals. Because they was like, shit, this one was a to make the sandal. Like, they probably... Really- it's true. <laughs> Depending on where the sandals were freaking made, it, right. them bitches could have been made for $3. Right. Like, seriously. But now you charge people $500 for some sandals? Well, let me let you know who you can sell those to that probably ain't never had a pair of the original ones. The bitch that told everybody to get up and go to fucking work. Man. Okay? Sell that shit to Kim. Because this will be her first time putting on some jellies. Now, all the other black girls. Well, it depends on how long she's been appropriating black culture. Hey, ass ain't on no jellies. Probably not. She ain't on no jellies. Either when they had either when they had black china in their house for 30 seconds, making her use the back entrance. They ain't. You, could, you, you go ahead and buy Gucci's. Because we don't want you wearing ours no goddamn way. But that's why black ownership is important. It's important because you really understand your worth, your value, what you contribute to the world. And it definitely will make an impact. Consumers do drive companies. Yeah. If people aren't buying something, they're not yeah. going to keep making it. Oh, but Gucci is going to sell a good deal. Of these oh, they are. It does not matter. For sure. But what I love is the fact that everything is broken down into data now. Mm-hmm. And you can exactly see the demographic. You can see the race, everything that is purchasing the shoe. 
And when Gucci see that, black girls and black women are not buying these damn jellies. They're going to be like, ah, That ain't work. The black people aren't buying it. It's not going to stay trendy. No. Because we the trendsetters. Like, we are the taste makers. And when they see that it's not selling, they're going to be like, oh. They will have to rethink their whole strategy. Like, they have to rethink everything because they're like, oh, man. We don't have our walking billboards out here doing all of our advertising for us. I just say more than ever, but I think moving forward, it is important to support black business because if we don't support black business, if we don't start supporting black business, they're out there, but it's hard to find. To a point where, hell, it's damn near going to be like the dark web. That's where you're going to find this stuff at. Next to tanks and bombs and shit, like you know, like that's where you gonna businesses. find. That's where you gonna find this stuff at. Like pretty soon, it will be to a point where it is so far removed that it's like damn near erased. I don't want that. I, you know, want my nieces and nephews because I don't have children right now. But I want my nieces and nephews to grow up and see themselves as being business owners, as being young professionals and being consumers with integrity and not just buying something understand the power of their spending. I want people to be a lot more conscientious when it comes to stuff like that, opposed to just giving these businesses that give no rat's ass about you or what you're going through or how you had to make it happen to. They don't care. They do not care. But yet and still, we be right there in the line buying all their products. Why? Because Reggie got to charge a little extra more to to make his cake because the game is rigged against him. That's not fair and it's not doing him any justice and the damn sure ain't going to do you any justice because at a point when they are able to get rid of all the things that make us us and get rid of black business stuff, then I'm like, all right, well, we know white people can afford it. Let's get the ass. <laughs> and then the cake become two fifty anyway. You know, cake becomes two fifty anyway. Well, baby, I just want to say thank you so much for your time, for talking to me and sharing your viewpoint. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who agree, some that don't. If you don't, feel free to let us know. We have an email, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram. Nobody fucks with us on any of those, but in case you want to, yeah, this time if you don't, you know, agree. Please definitely let them know. This is great conversation. I think that if you do give that feedback of how you feel, if you agree or disagree, especially if you disagree, let us know so we can end up having a second conversation about this. And, you know, next time we'll go ahead and give out examples and send you clips of exactly how this stuff, you know, goes down in shape because everyone's experience of being a black and brown person it's all completely different, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why coming into this, I didn't feel, oh, well, I don't want to go in there and say the wrong thing. Me, as my experience as a black man, no one can tell me about that. No one. Right. Um, and this is how I feel. This is my experience and also my opinion. Thanks so much for joining us this week for this Insight on the Side, and I will catch you later with Raven. Bye. Bye.